Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Such a treat to be in the uh, studio with Mike and Jazz, socially distanced. What legends, what legends they are. So it's Pentecost Sunday this morning, and what I'm going to do to start with is I'm going to read a passage from Acts chapter 2 for you. So you ready? Uh, This is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what to be seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia... Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the ones of God in our own languages. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Well, today is Pentecost. And I know that in some senses, every day is Pentecost because we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit at any place anywhere, anytime. But part of the way that we're wired is to remember, to mark occasions, whether it's Mike's birthday uh, next weekend, uh, but we mark things to remind us, to retell the story, because in doing so, we're reminded that we're not just bystanders, but we're invited in to be part of the story, the big story. And Pentecost Sunday is a Sunday when, together with millions of people all across the world, we remember that moment when the Spirit of God was poured out on the people of God and the church was born. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, it says. All of them. I believe that everyone, everywhere, can encounter the Holy Spirit wherever they are. I want to start by reminding us that the Holy Spirit is a person equally known and loved with the Father and with Jesus. Historically, the church, in the, in the church, the person of the Holy Spirit has often been ignored or relegated or misunderstood. You have the Father, you have the Son and you have the Holy Spirit. Um, and at chapel, when I was at school, I had, went to school and we had chapel three times a week and we talked about the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. I wasn't sure I liked the idea of the Holy Ghost, and I wasn't sure I wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost uh, because of the ideas that it conjured up. That was until I went on an Alpha course when I was in my late teens. And on the Alpha day, we had three sessions where they talked about who the Holy Spirit was, what the Holy Spirit did, and then how we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And 
One of my friends prayed for me and I encountered the love of God, the presence of God in a way that I'd never experienced anything before. I felt for the first time in my life that I was totally known and totally loved by the creator of the universe. In the Bible, we see that he is, the Holy Spirit is distinct. In Romans 8.27, we're reminded that he has a mind and intelligence. In 1 Corinthians 12.11, we're reminded that he has a will. He's the one who sees endless possibilities and is supremely creative. In Acts 11 verse 12 and 13 verse 2, we're reminded that he speaks to people. In Romans 15.30 and Ephesians 4.30 and Hebrews 10.29, we're reminded that he has emotions. Supremely, he is love in the most personal way. He's at work today all across the world. We read in the Bible that people are filled with the Spirit, and actually there are three ways that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, that people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is the bit where you get an ancient Greek lesson. That's right, EmmausRoad.com, you get a live Greek lesson. Well, I say you're going to hear three Greek words, so are you ready for them? These explain the different ways that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there are times when we have a conscious experience of God's power, a bit like we've read in, well, exactly like we've read uh, in the story in Acts. And the Greek word for that is epithesan. And that is this conscious filling of the Holy Spirit in a moment where you are filled. Then there's the constant quality of someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Kind of like the work of God forming our Christian character. And um, we see Stephen uh, as an example of that. It, it talks about Stephen full of the Holy Spirit. And the word we read there is pleres, this filled with the Holy Spirit. And then finally there's filled, and that's when we're inspired to speak particular words at particular times and particular moments for particular things. A bit like Peter when he's testifying before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 4 verse 8. And the word there is plethis. Plethis. So that's great, but what actually happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I want to talk about two things that happen when we're filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. And the first is the Holy Spirit breathes new life into us and he changes us. When you encounter the love of God and are filled with the Holy Spirit, it changes you forever. When I experienced the love and the presence and the power of God, it changed me. That change didn't just happen once, but that's a change that's going to continue to happen throughout our lives. In 1 Samuel 10 verse 6, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you'll prophesy with them and you'll be changed into a different person. Now don't worry if you're sat here thinking, well, I'm not sure I want to be changed into a different person. Fear not, you are not going to have a trans, uh, personality transplant. But what it means is the good becomes better and the worse begins to be changed and chipped away at over the course of a lifetime. It's like we begin to become the people that we long to be with the sun on our face and the wind on our backs, so to speak. We become the best, we, we begin to become the best versions of ourselves when God begins to work in us and change us and transform us and make us new. 
And Paul describes this brilliantly in the book of Ephesians in chapter 5. He says the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the mark of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. I don't know about you, but I want to be more like, I want to have more of all of those things in my lives. And that is what happens when he begins uh, to change us. Just as he breathed on Adam, Adam was lifeless. And then the Spirit of God, God breathed on him and he came alive. Well, that's what happens to us. We begin to become alive. We begin to change. We begin to become the people that we long to be. So I've got a friend called Michael Emmett. And he was involved for many years in uh, the criminal underworld. Uh, His father was friends with the Cray twins and Michael kind of grew up and got involved in that whole way of life and uh, was involved in all kinds of what he would call naughty behaviour. And it culminated in in him being arrested uh, by armed police officers on the south coast of England uh, as he was in the process of receiving what at that time had been the largest import of cocaine uh, this country had ever seen. And he would say himself he was not a good man. And then what happened to him when he was in prison was he went on an alpha course and he began to understand and learn who Jesus was. And then there was a Holy Spirit day when uh, he learned who the Holy Spirit was, what the Holy Spirit did and how he could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prayed a simple prayer and what happened was his life began to change. He is a completely different man now to the one he was when he was arrested at gunpoint. He's actually written a book called Sins of Fathers. It's really worth reading. It's honest, it's real, it's raw. It's a brilliant book about a man whose life has changed. Does that mean he never struggled, never stumbled again? Of course not. But God has been powerful in it at work in his life. And what I see him doing now is going into prisons, talking to other dangerous criminals about what, how God can change their lives and how God can make a difference in their lives. And it's extraordinary to see the change that's happened in his life. Now, that's, of course, a particularly extreme example. But God is changing. Once we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he begins to change and transform us. My former boss used to say, Bill, you have been changed. You are being changed and you will be changed. And that is so encouraging. This work of God changing us and bringing us to life and making us new. So that's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happens is he empowers us. When I was doing my degree in theology, I had a friend from North America called Hamilton. And he spoke with a very slow, drawl, south, uh, deep south of America accent. Amazing, lovely man. It was a trial lawyer had been a trial lawyer and he used to come into college looking really, really disheveled and frankly a little unclean, dare I say it. And eventually a group of us said, what's going on? And he goes, my shower isn't working. And we were like, you don't have, surely your shower must be working. But he goes, I've emailed the landlord, I've called the landlord and he said it should just work, but literally all I get is a dribble. So. Me and a friend went round and said, look, just expl- show us what you do when you turn the shower on. And so he turned it on and it really was like a trickle. You'd have to stand under it and sort of rotate round for a very long time to even get, you know, remotely wet. And he said, see what I mean? 
And I said, and I just looked to the left and I saw this button and I said, maybe you should have tried pressing this. And I pressed the button and he nearly got knocked over by the power shower. He just hadn't experienced a power shower before where you have to turn it on, you have to press a button. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a bit like a button gets pressed on and we are filled with his power at work in our lives, not just to change us, but to have an impact wherever we are and whatever it is we're doing, to pray uh, for the sick, to love the poor. I love this passage from Isaiah 61. It says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. You know, we in this church have seen God pour out his spirit in amazing ways over the years. I could literally stand here and spend ages telling you all the stories of the way that God has uh, moved in power in our church. Just two stories that come to mind sort of pretty immediately. The first is uh, we had someone in our church who had no sense of taste for over 20 years. This is way before COVID. This was a sort of a lifelong condition that she had had. And then at the evening service, someone prayed for her. And for the first time in 20 years, she could taste food again. She's like, I had no idea how amazing bacon tasted, having not had it for 20 years. So we saw someone uh, have their taste restored. And then we had someone who was a celiac who wasn't able to eat any, any bread or anything with gluten in it at all. And again, someone prayed for her and she left the service and went and had a pizza. And she has been completely healed ever since. I've got stories of healing in my own family. My mum was on an alpha day and someone said they had a word of knowledge. Now what a word of knowledge is, is when, when God reveals something supernaturally to someone that they wouldn't know otherwise. And then that person shared it and that this person said, there's a lady here and she isn't able to sleep because she damaged her left shoulder skiing five years ago. And my mum was in the room and she thought, oh wow, that's interesting. I wonder who else fell over and damaged her shoulder skiing five and then she suddenly realized it was her. So what happened is um, uh, someone from the church went and they prayed for her. Nothing dramatic happened. It wasn't sort of, you know, there wasn't sort of a, some outpouring power. She sort of flew across the room or anything like that. They prayed for her very peaceful, very calm. She went home, she went to bed and she woke up in the morning. And that's the point. She woke up in the morning. She slept the whole night through and God had completely healed her shoulder. And it was at that point that she realized, you know, God is real. He knows me and he loves me. And that made a massive, well, that was a turning point in her life. That is the, the moment where she began her journey towards faith. Nikki, my wife, struggled with uh, bulimia for a number of years. And then someone in our church, uh, previous church, prayed for her. And she was instantly healed of bulimia. Now I recognise that that is not everybody's story and some of, for some of us that is a, a struggle, an ongoing struggle, but that is Nikki's story. God completely healed her of uh, this eating disorder. God is powerfully at work and he wants to move uh, supernaturally. Now if you're interested in the gifts of the Spirit, he pours out and he gives us gifts of the Spirit. We read about uh, prophecy earlier on, prophesying earlier on. 
we did a whole series called Supernatural where we looked at the gifts of the Spirit. And I really, really want to encourage you to go onto our church website to look at the teaching series, look at the Supernatural series. And there is a whole uh, series of talks there that unpack what the gifts of the Holy Spirit look like, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit look like. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is also poured out not just to do supernatural work, which is often what we think about at Pentecost, but also to, to empower us to make change in our families, in our communities, in our towns, in our cities and in uh, the nations. One of my favourite stories uh, ever, actually, is every year we do a back to school day where we uh, give school uniform to children who wouldn't otherwise get new school uniform. We used to give them haircuts and we'd buy them shoes, new shoes. And my favourite story is this little boy running out, who'd been on our back to school programme, running out of Clark's on Guildford High Street, waving a shoe box above his head and saying, I've got new shoes. Brand spanking new Velcro fastening school shoes. For the first time in his life, he didn't have second, third, fourth pre-loved shoes. He had a brand spanking new pair of shoes. And the difference that that made in his life, at that moment he knew that God knew him and loved him and wanted to give him something practical. I love the stories of the lives that are being changed through the lighthouse, which is why we are so desperate to have a lighthouse in Guildford so we can begin to have a real impact on those who are most in need in this, uh, in this town. That's why we're so excited uh, to see what Matt and Path are doing in, in Aldershot, uh, a new church being planted so that we can see change happening there to bring hope that we have never needed hope more than we do at the moment, particularly coming out of this pandemic. Many of you will know Robert Louis Stevenson. He wrote Treasure Islands and he wrote Kidnapped. He's one of my favorite writers. I used to read his books all the time as a child. And uh, what many people don't know is as a child and as, an, as a young man, he was very ill and spelt, spent uh, much of his time bedridden. And this one evening, uh, his nurse couldn't find him. She searched everyone. Eventually she found him with his hands and his face pressed against a, a, a cold window, mesmerised by, by what he saw outside. And it was a gaslighter going round lighting street lights in the dark. And he said, look, see, there's a man, there's a man poking holes in the darkness. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, God transforms us and he empowers us not just to poke holes in the darkness, but to punch smacking great holes in the darkness, to bring hope where there isn't, to bring life where there isn't, to see the blind see, the deaf hear, the, the lame walk and the dead rise. That is what happens at Pentecost. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray uh, that God, pour, wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether you're watching this with friends and family, that God would pour out his spirit. He would give you more of himself, that he would continue to work in you, to change you, to make you more like him. And then to embolden you to go and 
reveal the love and the power of God to those around you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Pentecost. We thank you that we're reminded at Pentecost that you are generous and you love giving out, pouring out your Holy Spirit on your people. So right now, would you pour out your Holy Spirit on your people? Would you continue to change them? And would you fill them with power? So whether it's through the gifts of the Spirit or whether it's through practical acts of love and service, we would see our friends and our family and our communities and our towns and our cities and our nations transformed by you. In Jesus' name, Amen.